Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And I, I don't have a joke this week. Sorry. Oh, geez. <laughs> You've been dropping the ball on all your jokes. Get all of our fans, you know, on the edge of their seat with anticipation for the next Christina joke. Maybe when I'm not so busy. <laughs> it takes a long time to craft a masterpiece such as such as the ones especially you've given for a... me like honestly <laughs> honestly the dumbest puns take me forever to come up with and then i have to rehearse it because i'm like i can't bomb it when i say it on the podcast gotta practice it gotta practice it it's basically like i'm, I'm preparing for a stand-up <laughs> yeah it's so, the smallest shortest stand-up show there is and i think that's basically how i approach everything in my life so yeah. now people can understand why i'm such a busy person yeah. i'm not necessarily busy there's just a lot going on in my brain <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Every, everything you do is like that. So it could be yeah, I'm a two little things extreme. to get done, but <laughs> yeah. it takes a lot of preparation. Yeah. That's all right, because we have a lot to get to today anyway. So I guess it's fine that you don't have a, a joke to yeah. distract us all. And I mean, there's then you have to wait for 10 minutes of the laughter to die down. And Yeah, your laughter lasts that long. Yeah. So we got to get right into it. And the first one has people talking all across the internet, and it is not good chatter. And that is the fact that Nintendo is taking down the 3DS and Wii U eShop for good. It's going to be starting, actually, it starts this year. They're saying that as of late March 2023, the shop will be discontinued and completely shut down. But because it's a multi-stage process, it starts in May. On May 23rd, 2022, it will no longer be possible to add funds using a credit card to a 3DS Wii U eShop account. August 29th, 2022, it will no longer be possible to use an eShop card to add funds. However, it will still be possible to redeem download codes. Okay. Sure. And then <laughs> late March 2023, it will no longer be possible to make purchases, download demos or themes, or redeem a download code or add funds. Basically nothing. You can't do anything anymore. So I guess that's the one that makes it more clear what the first one is. Yeah. So makes sense to me. Uh, you will be able to download content you had already owned as well as existing software updates, but it's impossible to purchase any new games. So that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. The discontinuation of the Wii U 3DS eShop will remove access to 17, almost 1,800 different titles, depending on how you look at it. Now, the bigger issue is that 1,000 of those titles, over I think 1,000 of those titles, are digital-only titles and will permanently mm -hmm. disappear on all of platforms. So there's roughly, the breakdown is 450 digital-only Wii U games and around 600 digital-only 3DS games. So that's that's a bigger issue, and we'll loop back around to that once I get going through everything, but we'll come back to that. Um, now, one element of Nintendo's FAQ that addressed this whole change was their obligation to classic game preservation. And the statement, which has now since been deleted because it... It had such pushback Interesting. Uh, directed fans to Nintendo's Switch Online, saying that Nintendo currently has no plans to offer classic content in other ways, but that we think this is an effective way to make classic content easily available to a broad range of players. 
Within these libraries, new and longtime players can not only find games they remember or have heard about, but all other fun games they might not have thought to seek out other ways. So they're saying basically, yes, these games are going to be gone, but go to Nintendo Switch. You'll find other stuff to play is kind of what it boils down to. Um, This did happen for PlayStation fans not that long ago. Sony announced they were discontinuing support for the PS3 and the Vita. And because the pushback was so hard on Sony that they decided to turn around and cancel that decision and said that they made the wrong decision to try to take that down. Now, I cannot see Nintendo doing that. I do not think that Nintendo would push back or at least go back on what they've already stated. They don't don't seem to care, to be honest. (laughs) It's not even that they admit mistakes. They just don't care. Um, They really don't they really don't care too much. And I think in Nintendo's mind, we're going to just sell you all this crap again on the Switch or with the next what version of the eShop or yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We're just going to make you buy it again. And that is kind of Nintendo's mentality. They don't seem to really care what consumers want or how they feel. They're going to do what Nintendo wants. And uh, and it's pretty unfortunate. Now, I have been very vocal about my stance on physical versus digital. I am not somebody that collects. I do not have this sort of sense of you know preserving games i'm not a historian in that way i i don't care about those kinds of things what i do care about is being able to play the games i want to play when i want to play them and the fact that it is difficult or near impossible to find these titles now because of something like this is very aggravating and you can translate that and i and i read an article or i listened to maybe it was on nbc they were talking about this and they they translated it to what if the only um what if what if the only ghostbusters movie you were allowed to watch was the most recent brand new one and you could never go back and watch another one because the the studio that made it just said oh yeah no we're, we've discontinued that there's no way to get it maybe there's a couple of physical copies but that's all you're going to have left you know and if you look at it that way it's completely ridiculous to have a company that is it could potentially still be making money off of these games mm-hmm. um just says randomly we're we're no longer going to make those accessible you know and when it comes to things like that and uh i i think that's when people start to pirate stuff and knowing nintendo's stance on pirating they're they're forcing consumers hands to pirate their games because they do not have a platform set up for us to have them when we want them or to purchase them. And it's not even a matter of just playing them, you know, for free. It's a matter of purchasing them. They could easily have an eShop that maybe it's no longer the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShop. Maybe it's no longer the Switch eShop. Maybe it's just the Nintendo eShop. And you have an archive there where you can go on at any console from here until the the end of Nintendo accesses the Nintendo eShop and the complete library could be stored there and you can download. Maybe it's not cross-platform, which is fine, but there could be you know, the Wii U section of it. There could be the 3DS section of it. And if you have one of those consoles by chance, you still have access to this never-ending eShop that just exists and the support kind of gets archived, but it's still there. Uh, so I'm I'm a little confused. So them taking down the eShop, does that mean 
okay, this is, this is kind of how I'm understanding it. Tell me if I'm wrong. You'll still be able to play games that you've already bought, right? They would be on, they'd have to be on your 3DS, yes. Or Wii U. Or like linked to your account? No. They okay. have to be okay, stored the on your yeah. device. Yeah, okay. So it, it's just like with Switch. You know, right now we have access to those. If the Switch eShop, or when I should say, because it, it's, it's just a matter of time, but when the Switch eShop closes, the games that are stored on my SD card on my Switch are the only versions of those games. Now, if my Switch dies or the card dies or whatever happens those games could potentially just be gone is it like that though for the switch because i had the feeling that because you have cloud saves and because you have you know all those kinds of perks through your nintendo online account though that all the games you've bought in the past are linked to your account not to necessarily the eShop. yes for now is what i'm saying and that's just the switch now, there's no reason the Switch wouldn't just close that. So the 3DS does not have that. The Wii U does not have that. So at some point in the future, the Switch will not have that. Nintendo has a habit of closing down those services. And mm. when they do, it's only localized. That's the only way you have them. Okay. So we need so, yeah, to get a pretty hefty SD moment, card. <laughs> yeah. Or there needs to be some way of storing these things. So that that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, the 3DS, I, I don't know how it works on the Wii U. I don't know if it has removable hard drive space, but um, the 3DS has an SD card. So mm -hmm. you could essentially do the same thing, I guess. And then, uh, and then maybe pull that off and store it on a physical hard drive on your computer or something like that. But I don't Back know how that works because backing up the switch was such a, a hassle. You know, it took me forever and that you run that risk of losing everything because mm -hmm. maybe the, the SD card's not formatted properly or there was something lost in translate translation from moving it to, you know, my, my switch to my Mac, which I couldn't do. I ended up having to boot it in windows because it wouldn't recognize yeah. it when I, so there's those kinds of hiccups that, you know, if you're somebody that really, really cares about owning these things, that's a that's a very stressful situation to be in where they in theory, they've got the they've got the money. There's not even a theory about it. Nintendo's got the money to have a service or a server set up that just archives games and has them stored somewhere. They've got to have stuff stored. I can't imagine Nintendo's just like deletes, you know, games. They, they can't just lose everything. They've got to have it somewhere. So you already yeah. have it stored. Have it so people can access that. It seems just it just seems so like out, an outdated way of thinking. Just be like, yeah, let's just shut this down. It's done. I, it's just it, Nintendo doesn't do anything well when it comes to things of this nature. Look at they their did online. one thing well, the Switch. <laughs> well, hardware, sure, but look yeah. at the look at the look at the online. You know the way that's handled. That's terrible oh, and clunky and, and sort of outdated. Even. We'll talk about that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and but. the website is sort of there's all of this the, these different services that are more you know Xbox handles and PlayStation handles with no problem whatsoever. Nintendo just is not. They just don't get it when it comes to that. So I completely understand where everybody's hostility is coming from regarding this. While I'm not mad about it from necessarily the same way other people are because again i don't want physical copies of things yeah. i just don't want the stuff around uh if anything i'm pushing to have less stuff than more stuff and the things that i do have i want those to just be very you know 
precious. If right here's a perfect example, 1,799 games. What would I do with a fraction of that? The, the amount of storage I need to have physical copies of <laughs> 500 games. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, I don't want that crap collecting dust in my house. Now there's some people that have plenty of room or they just have a real passion for this. And I get that. I get it. All I want is to be able to have access to things when I want them. And if that means stealing it, then that's what you're going to have to do in the future. And it's hard to feel sympathy for somebody that decides to, it's hard to feel sympathy for Nintendo and and with all of their, you know, issues for copyright infringement mm-hmm. and everything else. And we have a story coming up about that as well, but it's hard to feel sympathy for them when you don't have the, the option in place for us to buy it legitimately from you. And you almost actively make it more difficult. I don't understand their thinking if they even really thought through that. But you're right. The game preservation part of it, those people who really like to like collect and make a museum of games and whatever, they have any digital games, they're gone. They're going to be lost. So that, that, yeah. that sucks. Yes. Yeah. I guess we'll see um, if the pushback people are giving Nintendo actually does go anywhere. Yeah, I I can't imagine it'll have a reversal like it did with PlayStation, but you never know. You never know. I mean, I think if enough people are vocal, which a lot of people are being very vocal, like I said, Nintendo did take down that post because the the uh, response was so negative, you know, that they they really went after them and uh, they should. They should. Mm-hmm. Nintendo just arbitrarily makes these decisions a lot of times, and I, it must be based on their numbers or someone in a you know a, a stockholders meeting said, you know what, we could take all this down and charge them twice as much on the eShop for the Switch, and unfortunately, yeah. Nintendo fans will buy it. They'll buy it for the third, fourth, fifth time, and we're kind of forced into doing something like that. Yeah, they are kind of known for making those more business decisions than necessarily consumer fans yeah 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 well let's jump into our next story i don't really know if it's much of a story but more so just a reminder as to how nintendo approaches things like new hardware so during an interview with a japanese news publication called the nikai uh shintaro furukawa nintendo president uh he was questioned about what the Switch's successor is going to be. So I'm just going to read a quote from him, uh, his response. He said, the hardware and software development teams are in the same building, communicating closely and thinking about how we can propose new forms of entertainment. In order to create a single piece of hardware, we have a lot of preparation, several years. We do a lot. (laughs) We have to do a lot of preparation several years in advance. So we are working without stopping. In the end, the deciding factor is whether or not to commercialize a product, whether it can create a new experience so i feel like we've talked about this before how nintendo really focuses on the experience if they can't create something so different and new from the switch then why put it out there um sure so i, mean, I that understand that yeah so uh yeah okay so yes i understand where there's what they're saying here that if it doesn't offer a new experience why would we do it well you're gonna do it because your games can't play it your hardware can't play any games anymore you know that's why you do it and, and it's I an think, outdated experience basically <laughs> well it's not in that but the the this happened with the wii u the wii u they they want to say that oh you know we don't need the third party support but you clearly do you know, there was a lot of issues with the Wii U, but a lot of people did like it for what it was. And there were some good experiences, but you had zero third party support on it. And that that console did terrible, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible. So 
you have this car- hardware now that's doing very well. People want to be on it. It's an indie machine. I mean, everybody should be jumping on this thing for all kinds of games. But now you're going to be getting into the point where you can't get games on it because it just can't run them. So while I understand, yes, you need to have a new experience and that's what pushes the successor, what I am hoping for is that that doesn't include the idea that there's going to be another version of the Switch. It's Mm -hmm. not the Switch successor, it's just an upgraded Switch. And I don't know how many people want a successor like yeah whatever not not saying the switch too i'm just saying like whatever the next nintendo console is called i don't know if i personally want them to get away from this format i really Mm -hmm. really this is the the format i want this is the dream console to me is the fact that i can pick it up and go somewhere with it and it plays the same game it's the same exact experience that is the thing i've dreamt about since i was little and I finally have it. Now, all they need to do is make iterations on that and refine it, it and tweak it and make mm-hmm. it more powerful. But this is the perfect console. So you don't need to change the experience. You just need to make it so that it can keep up with the games that are coming out so that we can still play what we want to play on it. I would play every game on the Switch <laughs> if it could handle the games that I want. I jumped. It's funny because occasionally I play Fortnite or I'll check in and just see what's going on. And I play it on the Switch, but I also decided to try it on Xbox to see how it was looking and see what the differences were. And it just is night and day graphically better and smoother to play on the Xbox. Now, I still would probably play it on the Switch occasionally, but it's hard to make that jump back when it just plays so much better. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more games that just play better in other places. And Nintendo has their IPs. That's their bread and butter. I get it. But well, Nintendo, that, that's the thing too. get over yourself. It's not the only thing. That's the thing too is, even in his quote, he said, the hardware and software development teams are in the same building. Okay, they're your software development teams. What about all these amazing indie games that you can't even run on your console? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just like, yeah, you're creating, I get it. You want your console to run your games, but your games aren't necessarily the best games. Sorry. (laughs) Well, Nintendo has always had a big ego. They've always thought that their way was always the best way and the only way. And Nintendo does amazing for their IPs and they have amazing IPs. And that's wonderful. And I know a lot of people do play Switch exclusively for Nintendo's IPs. But for me, it could. We don't really have a choice. It could, in theory, be the only console I owned if it could handle a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I don't need necessarily the Xbox or the PlayStation if my Nintendo Switch could do everything because that's the way I want to play. That is 100% the way I want to play games. And I just can't. So I have to have other consoles that can handle the stuff that this can't. But if Nintendo could kind of get over themselves a little bit and just say, you know what, we do need to figure out a way to make this thing more powerful. I mean, obviously, it's not going to compete with a desktop console like Xbox or PlayStation or the PC, but the Steam Deck is doing it. I mean, that's that's got way more power than what this is. And it's in a very similar form factor. So there it can be done. I just I just think Nintendo sometimes has an ego about themselves, about their work and their games, and it does it to their own detriment. It hurts them. Yeah, like you said, get over yourself, Nintendo. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you again, you make great games. I, I 100%, but you could have even more of the market. Uh, it's just not a concern of theirs, I don't think. Yeah. They, they say, you're going to buy us for us, and that's about it. Um, but I think the Switch's popularity has proven that that's not why people necessarily, they, they love the form factor of it. They love all of those games they can play on it. I mean, every article I read about the Switch talks about how it's a, it's an indie darling and people want to be on it. And they just love that there's so many people that own it and it can handle all of these games that get lost on Steam or on, on mobile or everywhere else that are just, look at Stardew Valley. And we're going to talk about that later too. But that game has such success on on the switch mm-hmm. you know, if, if the switch you know whatever the future stardew valley is if the switch can't handle playing it it's a it's a huge hit for that developer yeah now something that is new and maybe good i say is that nintendo has completely overhauled their north american websites uh it's 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 a lot different now. Um, we con- we're going to the site every single day, and it's kind of shocking all the different changes. Uh, but before, you had separate websites for my Nintendo Rewards and refurbished products. So I didn't know that we were like some of the only ones that had the Nintendo Store and then my Nintendo Rewards and the refurbished product pages. I just thought that's how Nintendo was doing it. So I'm yeah. happy to see it's all under one roof now. That's fantastic. And it does offer a wider range of physical and digital games, merch, and store exclusives, including clothing, which is nice. And you also currently get uh, free shipping on orders over 50. I don't know if that's going to be long-term, but yeah, it must it's just be currently stores out. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, a new, my Nintendo store, I was on there earlier today, just kind of poking around, looking at the different experience. I wouldn't say it's amazing. I would say that they did some stuff well, and there's other stuff that makes zero sense in classic Nintendo fashion. Yeah, it feels like this is what the website should have been for the last maybe six years. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, finally, I, they're like, OK, yeah, I guess we'll finally update it. Like <laughs> it took them too long. Yeah, but the functionality of it isn't even it, it took a step backwards in some ways for functionality. I, yeah. I do think it's good that everything's under one roof. But, you know, for for us, a little behind the scenes is we go through and we add all of the upcoming games. Oh, let me let me say how irritated I was yesterday putting together the list of games coming out this week, because typically in the past they would you would very easily be able to search for all upcoming games. And then you could they have the dates listed right there. Now they replace that date with a coming soon like banner that's bright blue or a pre-order now banner i don't know what dates things are coming out anymore i had to actually click on each individual thing scroll down and then look at the release date to see if it was coming out this week i mean i know it's like a very specific use case i don't know how many people are using the website like that but oh man i was so frustrated (laughs) yeah they they ruined the site at at least for us in the way we typically use it every single week because now it's near impossible to easily find what games are coming out it used to be so clear so precise and now it's 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 a real pain in the yeah i have to go through like three different filters it's like three more additional steps to get the information that i needed and then multiply that by however many games are coming out that week because i have to click on every single one which is odd i mean release date seems like an important metric to filter games out even if you're not us and and people that look at this all the time for the upcoming games i mean i would imagine a lot of people care about what games and when they're coming out 
it, why would you make it so hard to to discover that? I don't understand I mean, I, why you. I can see that. them being like, okay, well, why do they care what day it's coming out? If they're interested in this game, they can just pre-order it. So they're pushing the pre-orders a lot more now. I've never seen pre-order so many that, that word so many times in one sitting than yesterday when I was going through all the lists and stuff. But that's odd. Yeah, it just seems especially like a very when there's no decision. reason. Yeah, especially like because with what we do knowing how people use things and stuff removing a very important piece of information like that seems so stupid <laughs> yeah so there yeah. we have it i mean we've got some pluses for the new to the new store the north american store uh i do like seeing all the merch and all that stuff in one place now but at least in our case the you the the uh, functionality of the eShop is a little bit harder to use than it was. I don't know. Maybe maybe the people out there will tell us, is this an issue for you? Have you had any issues? Do you love the new website? Let us know. But uh, I think plus and minuses like everything. And that's something I think they could easily add a metric that allows us to sort it by um, add a filter that allows us to sort it by the 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 date. So well, maybe can, we'll see that in the future. You can sort it by release date, but they just don't show the dates. Yeah. So it's just a guessing game when I click on things. But yeah, I don't know. It, just add the date back. It's such an yeah. easy thing to do. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about Switch Sports a little bit. We had a couple pieces of information that came out this past week. So I guess apparently the first rule of Switch Sports is you don't talk about Switch Sports. Mm. As you guys all know, uh, the online playtest is open to anybody with an online membership. But if you looked at Nintendo's website where they announced it and, and listed out all the stuff that you need to have in order to play it early... I'm going to quote what they had. They said, by registering to participate in the online playtest, you agree not to share information about the online playtest publicly, including the sharing of screenshots or video footage from the game on social media. Online playtest software is under development and may not be reflective of the full version of Nintendo Switch Sports. And then they added that you may experience unexpected behavior or errors while playing. Well, yeah, it's basically demo. They should just call it a demo or not a demo. Oh, sorry, a de- beta. It's a beta. beta. Yeah, they're just like wording it weird so people are i don't know they're trying to manage expectations but they're doing it in a very dumb way yeah yeah <laughs> which is classic for them <laughs> yeah um and then a lot of people are wondering okay so what about the switch Lite? because nintendo on the site also said that you can't play switch sports on the switch Lite, but you can so it's mm-hmm. nintendo's way of being like don't play on a switch Lite because it's not the right experience you won't be playing it right it's meant to be played on a big screen yet yeah, you can still download it and play it on switch Lite with joy con separately it's just not on a tv so yeah. it was it's just another funny little thing like <laughs> just i could just imagine be like no don't play it on the switch it'll break it, it'll break your switch Lite. don't do this yada yada and it's like no we can it's just not what you want it to be so you're telling us not to do it so. I mean, really, though, who wants to play on a Switch Lite? It does yeah, seem like, like a very odd way to play the game. I mean, you have to figure out a way to prop up the Switch Lite. No, I agree. Then, it seems silly. I mean, it seems like a very but, weird way to play it. But, but yeah, it can be done. <laughs> yeah. It does seem odd. I get to some extent what they're saying about not wanting to ruin. You know, it's a beta. It's a test. We're just trying to make sure things are working. But I don't know. It's just it also makes it seem like they're not very confident in the game. The fact that yeah. they're trying to control the the messaging so much. If you're that worried about it, don't put it out the test runs. You know, or like, say it's I a get, beta and people expect. Yeah, it's a beta. Just beta this stuff. is we're we're fixing the bugs and we're working yeah. on it. It's a work in progress. I don't think any betas people are like, oh my god, this is it. This, this is, is garbage. No, they realize that this is that's why you're doing it. You're yeah. you're testing it. So. 
Nintendo, everybody else does do this. You know, you're not the first ones that have come out with a, a play test slash beta to make sure a game's functioning properly. It, it's crazy to me. It reminds me of like when you sit down. Oh, I, I guess this is very like specific use case, but if I sit down and I'm looking at a student's sketches, they're like, oh, don't, don't look at this. It's garbage. Like this is trash. And I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to be. It's a sketch. Relax. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of how it feels like right now. Like Nintendo's like, oh yeah, but don't talk about this thing. You know, you can play it, but don't, don't say anything about it. Yada, yada. It's like, listen, yeah. it's, it's beta. It's fine. <laughs> we get It'll it. Be fine. Like, People are relax. just excited to play it. They're excited to talk about it. Yeah. Stop trying to control the messaging, you know, just let it happen. Ride the wave. Out there, <laughs> if you put out there what it is and the intent of it, then people are going to be able to understand that and it's going to be part of the conversation. Exactly. It's yeah. weirder now that we're discussing the fact that you're being so weird as opposed to <laughs> the merits of the game. Yeah. You know, that uh, now that has taken the conversation. So I good job, I Nintendo. Guess, <laughs> I guess we'll see. In my opinion, it comes off as they're not very confident in the, the state of the game right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and they don't want to too. hurt the potential sales, but I would assume it's more like you said. They're just really nervous that people are going to think this is the finished product and they just don't want. But again, gamers understand beta and that something is in the works and that it it can get better. Yeah. We did kind of get into this already talking about the 3DS and Wii U and how hard it is or could be to get future games. This one kind of goes off of that, and it's that Nintendo has actually sentenced a uh, hacker with 40 months in jail for pirating games. Nintendo of America files a lawsuit against Team Executor last April for infringing on their copyright, creating and selling piracy, enabling consoles, devices. So not necessarily stealing the, the software, I guess, but modifying the hardware so that it can play that software enabling others to do it pretty much exactly yeah nintendo hacker gary bowser which is funny originally denied these allegations but changed his mind plea guilty and admitting his involvement with team executor so initially he said nope i I didn't do anything and then they probably said all right well we're gonna throw you in jail forever and he's like oh you know what I remember correctly now. I I did get involved and blah, blah, blah. In addition to this, he was handed a $4.5 million fine and accepted an additional $10 million fine as part of Nintendo's own civil lawsuit against him. So that's $14.5 million for those of you following along for just (laughs) stealing games from Nintendo. Apparently, they were saying that, yeah, that is (laughs) crazy to me if nothing else there is zero reason to be doing this if that's the kind of stuff you're going to be getting into uh he will now also serve a 40 month jail sentence for his role in creating and selling devices that host pirated games the original sentence was for bowser to be locked away for five years with three years of supervised release in order for him to recognize the harm that derived from his crimes now i am very curious because in a few of the articles i was reading they went on and on about the harm that was done to Nintendo. I am super curious the extent of this quote unquote harm that was done to Nintendo. I mean, how many billions did Nintendo lose from this guy hacking consoles? I doubt it was that substantial, but you never know. Uh, Bowser's legal team argued that Bowser was the only one of his team to be apprehended, giving him the brunt of the blame and asking for a 19th 
month sentence. So that does seem to be the case. Obviously, he was part of a team. They only got this one guy. So they decided, you know what, we're going to give you all of the fine. It's it's going to be divvied up, you know, what would have been divvied up over the entire team. You're responsible for all Oh, you all admitted of it. to doing it? All right. Well, you get all of the blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he previously <laughs> admitted to earning at least tens of millions of dollars of proceeds from the hacking devices, but it was understood that he only took a fraction of that. According to Eurogamer, his defense estimated that Bowser collected 320000 over seven years, but that they indicated the other members of the Enterprise earned much more. So for uh, he drew the Gary short straw. Bowser... <laughs> He made roughly $46,000 a year, which is not that much, and now owes $14.5 million, has 40 months in jail for that, for $46,000. Now, if you just got a job at Target, you could be close to making that amount, and you would have no jail time and not be $14 million in debt. It does not seem like a good idea to do this, knowing how crazy nintendo is for this kind of stuff it it boggles the mind that he worked out only having forty six thousand dollars a year it's actually really funny (laughs) yeah it's crazy it's like how like how okay you're gonna break the law this is like the saddest way to do it and then to be penalized this much for only making so much money Yeah, it's like, dude, it's how, you it could feels like be, a Saturday Night Live skit. That's you could have made like. it. You could have worked at Amazon and made more. Yeah, you know, you could have been stocking shelves somewhere and made more money, and it's, probably lived more comfortably. The, yeah, they arrested him. Better and, it, it did not look like a nice place. Like, yeah, I it, did see a few photos of his his apartment. It was and really it was sad. Very, very sketchy. He made some really bad choices. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. But also like, I think it's again, it's Nintendo's ego being like, oh, you're going to you're gonna go against us. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're going to well, lose a lot it, of money. How's, how's he going to pay that back? Here's oh. a perfect, well, I mean, in reality, he won't, you know, I'm sure yeah. this will get, this will get lessened, but they need to make these big numbers because then it's scary and it makes scare? people not do this. But if Nintendo made it available so that people didn't have to do this, you wouldn't need to do any of this piracy crap. Mm-hmm. If Nintendo had a service where you could just go and get archived games easily playable, you wouldn't have this happening all the time. And it just goes to, to show what we said in the yeah. first story. Mm-hmm. What a mess. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the amount of money they must spend chasing copyright infringement has got to be enough to pay to have servers set up with all your archived games for people to access i mean basically that's probably what gary bowser is having to pay is illegal fees for all of this happening well yeah but what but it's i mean the money okay let's say they they claim they're losing all this money all right well guess what why don't you do something put that into servers you wouldn't be losing any of it you would probably be getting more money too. charge charge a monthly amount like and then what they I do with everything feel, else, and yeah. And then I would feel more, uh, like I would feel more sympathy, more for Nintendo. empathy, and sympathy for yeah. Nintendo when they do have somebody stealing from them. You know, yeah. if Nintendo was going out of their way to make it available for people to have access, and there was people like this that were stealing and and pirating their games, then yeah, I would be like, oh, that was that's a bad idea. You shouldn't be doing that. Nintendo has a way of getting those games, but they don't. So it's really hard for me to to feel anything for Nintendo in this no. case. 
Well, let's move on to, I guess, some of, of our, the fun news that we have this week, the fun and, and more uplifting news. Uh, so apparently there was, in 1994, there was a game store in Nebraska that closed and all of its in- inventory was stored and put under lock and key and, and tucked away for the next owner. Well, apparently there was not a next owner for a very long time because it's almost 30 years later and all that stock was found and opened. And there's a hmm. YouTube channel called This Game this is game room that recorded the whole thing of them opening up the boxes and stuff. And this, the games that were in those boxes, it's pretty cool. Uh, the collection included factory sealed games from the SNES, Genesis, Saturn, 3DO. Is it 3DO or 3D0? 3DO. 3DO, okay. And Sega CD games. I know nice. what CDs are, at least. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, the highlighted games in some of these have been appraised so i will mention their value but um i'm just gonna go through the list of some of the big ones there's castlevania bloodlines brain lord breath of fire 2 which is worth up to one thousand two hundred dollars zombies ate my neighbors sunset riders contra oh, sunset riders and then contra hard corpse which is worth up to seven hundred fifty dollars teenage mutant ninja turtles turtles in time which is worth over fourteen hundred dollars Chrono Trigger, which is worth over $600 used. And this is a factory sealed copy, so that's pretty cool. Final Fantasy III, which is worth up to $1,200. Secret of Evermore. And then Aladdin, which is worth up to $500. So Very cool. That's thousands of dollars of unopened factory sealed games. And then there are other games mixed in there as well, like uh, FIFA and Madden that are a little more common. I guess Aladdin too is a little more common as well, but it's still valued pretty high. So hmm. just just really cool. Like I can't imagine the feeling of coming across a box like that. And you're like, ooh, oh, <laughs> didn't expect that. Yeah, no, that. that's very cool. Yeah, that's neat. It'll be a fun little treasure treasure chest to find. Yeah. I, I mean, this is so again. This goes back to the idea of physical versus digital right mm-hmm. you you in the future we won't have cool stories like this you know for those that will be few and far between and prefer physical yeah exactly yeah. it just it just won't be as common um you know if i had if i had a ton of money and r- resources and room it would be cool to have like a little museum of physical stuff but because i don't it's just not something i can have and it's funny looking at like aladdin i had castlevania you know what yeah. i mean some of these games you have but it's like those hess trucks when you when I, I would assume you remember the Hess trucks, the Christmas Hess trucks, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and for as long as I can remember, we had those. Now it wasn't like for me and my brothers, we played with it, but then they would put it back in the box and had it tucked away somewhere. For me, it was Barbies. But a lot of people would get yeah. those things and just never even open them. And I I don't have that. Where if I bought, I'd have to buy two copies of everything. Where it's like, okay, you have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that's meant to be you know, stored somewhere and kind of you're a collector, it's I want to be able to play with that stuff. So either you you're going to have used versions of those games or you're going to have unused and sealed and sealed is no way near happening for me. But, you know, having a little collection of stuff that would be on a shelf somewhere would be cool. I just don't have the room and the resources for it. But seeing these prices is awesome. I mean, if I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a lot of people listening that have some of these games and they're probably like, whoa, I didn't know it was worth that. Yeah. Like I'm I'm the same. I'm not a collector. I'm very far from a collector. <laughs> yeah. But I can understand from a collector's point of view how awesome it would be to come across something like this. And like I get why you collect things. It's just not sure. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like an anti-collector. Yeah. We're, I, I we're talking get about it in crap. Discord this week too because um, 
somebody was saying, I love Stardew Valley so much, I should buy the physical game. I'm like, listen, I already own it on PC. I've played it on PC. And now I have it on Switch. I've given them enough money for this game. Well, it, yes, <laughs> but, that is true. But I was yeah. wondering, and maybe maybe I was wrong because I was thinking that when I, when I was reading the discussion on there, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're talking about the physical game. I was thinking about the physical board game that they came out with. But that I, would be I think, cool to have. Like that. Yes. I was no, I agree. Yeah. I would buy the physical board game, but I do think that they were discussing a physical copy of the game. Yeah, physical copy of the video game. Of yeah. the video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which um, I don't. Which, I don't need another copy. I'm good. No, I, I already own. I <laughs> yeah. think two or three copies of the yeah. game. So I'm I'm good with my. Not physical, only that, my I, copies. I bought a digital version for a friend of ours, like a card at Target, and I gave them the card, but forgot to give them the receipt with the code on it. So I actually have bought this game probably four times now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and it's crazy that we have some yeah. versions yeah. of this game. But uh, <laughs> a physical copy of the actual board game would be cool. Yeah, I, I would, would like that. that. Yeah. Now, continuing on this trend of positive and wonderful stories positive from energy. Nintendo, <laughs> this one is exciting, and it's the probably the smallest of all of them, and it's Metroid it Prime for Dev. Retro Studios Twitter updated their banner, and it now has, or at least seems to be showing, a character which looks very much like Samus in some sort of alien-ish corridor, and it's believed that this is a uh, maybe some artwork or maybe a screenshot. I think, I think just concept art. To me, it looks like concept art from the Metroid Prime 4 game. It may it would be potentially the first thing we've seen other than the logo for this game. Super exciting! It used to just be Retro's company logo in the banner, and now we have what appears to be a glimmer of Metroid Prime Four. I am extremely excited. One of my all time favorite IPs from Nintendo, so I am very happy to see this little tiny minuscule crumb of a tease that we've gotten after about 14 years it seems like since they showed us the stupid logo i think because of that it's probably the most important piece of news from the week it does well i mean yeah. to me it's the most important piece of news <laughs> it's a very I'm tasty nibble of yeah, chocolate of news i'm yes. finally getting a, a you know a, a little teaser of something that i have actually want and am excited for from nintendo if it's if it's metroid if it's zelda and if they did a artwork style like this and the silhouette was chibi robo those would be the only things you how would epic probably would, explode because i don't think how, you would feel i don't think you'd be able to feel that much happiness at once my heart can't i'm like the grinch my heart would grow too many sizes, <laughs> Three too, sizes big, too big <laughs> and it would explode in my chest but i i do think that would be very very funny they would never this would not it be would not the, happen but this would not be the the atmosphere of chibi robo but if that was the banner and that's how they introduced chibi robo and his little boxy head standing there looking you, epic it would be very very funny could you imagine during e3 it starts out as an ad and you think it's going to be for Metro prime 4 and then all of a sudden you see a little chibi robo's head pop up in the bottom yeah. screen like and he's like vacuuming a painting of like yeah. metroid prime 4 concept art that no would i would love amazing. that dusting it like doing like a little duster that would be amazing i would oh, be very would be so on board cool. now i will say and Nintendo, i know i please I, do that i know i I, I bring up Chibi Robo a lot and it's just one of the funny things now, but um, there was a, I can't think of what I, it was somebody's post, maybe Switch Force or somebody on YouTube that posted something regarding, you know, what IPs would you like to see? And I was among many 
that said Chibi Robo. So I am not the only one out there that does love that IP. There were many others that were saying the same. I'm sure that put a smile on your face. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it just meant that maybe it it wasn't so much a smile. It was that there was a possibility, you know, if you feel like you're the only one that wants something, Michael, yeah, that's, that's what hope feels like. (laughs) That's what hope must feel like. I'm not used to these these emotions. These positive emotions, Michael. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> Just it. Just let them happen. Just soak them in. I went and kicked a puppy no! after I felt it. Oh, no, you're terrible. To, put, to make the world right again. Too much. Yeah, you had to bring balance back to the force. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, let's move on. I don't know if this is like great news or whatever, but uh, apparently there's this app called Switch Buddy where it allows you to transfer screenshots to your phone a lot easier. And apparently they had a new update. It's 1.6.0. It allows screenshot transfers between Switch and your phone even easier because now they added in a few minor updates. Uh, It's a new gallery feature. So you can actually view your screenshots grouped by game and then it's sorted by date. So it's just organized a little bit better. So if you find yourself transferring things a lot from your Switch to your phone and there you go, this will make your life a little easier. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And in the last story we have, there this one's gonna make a lot of people happy, I would imagine. Yeah. And that is that Crunchyroll is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Crunchyroll, if you're not aware, is the anime streaming service. It's <laughs> and it's now on the Switch. Uh it divides the service into four tiered completely confusing uh plans that you can get. Two of those four four slash five it seems like they say four but it seems like more when i was reading through the yeah the it's, description. it's confusing the the two that you need to concern yourself with is a free plan with a selection of popular ad supported episodes and then a premium plan which is ad free but you have the complete library to watch and i think that's the one people would want that's eight dollars a month for the premium ad free Mm. plan then they do have other plans that are either add-ons or something it's like the fan mega fan and super mega fan or something like that (laughs) and those allow you to download episodes for offline viewing so that seems to be that that will also be carried over to the switch which i think is very very cool uh overall if you're a fan then this is going to be for you. I think people are going to be excited that this is coming to the Switch. It makes it makes you wonder where you know Netflix is on there and some of the other streaming platforms. At least now you can you can get your anime fix. So that's very very cool. It's anime. Anime. So sorry to any of that you say anime. I guess no. I I was just corrected a whole bunch in college for it. So I just always make a joke about it. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to our top ten bestsellers of the week. In first place, we still have Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, whatever. Yeah, it um, would be it'd be pronounced in some way that nobody even understands. It's like Arceus. <laughs> okay, Yoda. <laughs> ah, Legends of Pokemon Arceus. <laughs> anyway, in second place, we have Inside. Third, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Fourth, Mario Party Superstars. Fifth, Among Us. Sixth is Minecraft. Seventh is Mean Greens Plastic Warfare. Eighth, Boomerang Foo Grilling Spree. Ninth, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And tenth, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
That's Sweet. it. Sweet. Yeah. So that gets us to new releases we are into this week. And there's quite a few coming out, but only one that stood out to the both of us. Why don't you describe it? Because it has got you ran all over it. Why? Because it's got a fox in it? It's got a fox and it's sort of <laughs> cutesy and, oh, okay. st- you know. It's wholesome, yeah, it's, Michael. It's, the word it's, is wholesome. Eh, it looks a little... I don't know. You put no, a check it actually, on it too. <laughs> it actually looks very, very good, but yes, it's more it of a sweet. you game than a me game. Yeah. So on February 24th, there's a game coming to the Switch called Never Alone. It's the Arctic Collection. So Never Alone did originally release in 2014. It received a bunch of awards. I had my eye on this for, for a little while, so I'm happy to see it finally coming to the Switch. It is a puzzle platformer game, and it's based on a real, I think it's Inupiat, Inupiat, uh, tale. It's the Alaskan natives. So you experience the epic journey of Nuna and Fox as they search for the source of an eternal blizzard that threatens the survival of everything they've ever known. It's eight chapters long and it does have co-op. And this version, because it's the Arctic collection, also includes all the Fox Tales DLC and videos about the Inupiat culture. Yeah. Now this one, I joke about the, the look and the play of it, but this is sort of it's it's more than what a gris is, you know, and that's the one that you were playing there where it was just like Well, Gris is just really pretty. It's a really pretty, yeah, pretty that's what puzzle I mean. platformer. Like this actually has story. This is, this pretty, is beautiful, but yeah. has a story. Yeah, and it's based and on a real tale. It's it seems very like a like a it, it'll tug on your heartstrings, is what it seems like. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I really loved the added DLC. I love learning more about the uh, the native people of Alaska. I really enjoyed all of the stuff that it was talking about. I think this is a very cool, well, weird, interesting way to tell a story about somebody's culture and so that you can learn, but also be interactive and play. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's very, very cool. Very, very beautiful. Very, very well done. So yes, Never Alone, I also gave that a check. And for $15, it seems like a steal yeah, to me. Yeah, only 15 is crazy. I think I forgot to say the price originally. So yeah. Yeah, it's that one's a fantastic one. So mm-hmm. I agree. I gave that one a check as well. That's our only check too. Yep. So. so that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show, what we are playing. Christina, what have you been playing? I have been so adventurous this week in Stardew Valley. And oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. I did want to say, though, I've been on Ginger Island quite a bit. And I've never made it to Ginger Island. Oh, you will eventually. It's a beautiful place. Um, the game was kind of having some hiccups. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like just little, some stuttering issues here and there. Like when I would show up to the island, I would like start walking and I would hear it. But then the screen like wouldn't catch up for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it would like jump to the end of the dock. Um, hmm. The loading does seem a little longer. I mean, the loading's still very fast, but it does take a little longer. Almost like, you know, sometimes when you walk into a new area and there's going to be a cutscene, And how yes. it kind of seems like it takes a little bit longer. That's how it felt sometimes, but it wasn't a cutscene. It was just hmm. loading the next area. So I know it, it, it's been kind of weird. I'm going to keep an eye on it. but it's Only happened. on that island? No, it's happened in actual Stardew. Ever since I have been consistently going to the island, because you can actually create a farm on the island. So ever okay. since I've been kind of going back and forth a lot more, I have noticed more hiccups and things. So um, I'm going to keep an eye on it. It's only happened maybe five times, like a handful of times. So hmm. we'll see. But it always like... It always makes me nervous for a second, like the game's in a crash. It never does, but <laughs> it makes me nervous, like, oh no, I'm going to lose all my progress for the day. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at least it's just the day. It's not like the game, you know, Listen, hours sometimes and hours of work. I get a lot of stuff done, and a lot of times it's like I'm mining and I get like really good stuff. Well, so, that's yeah. That's the real pain is when yeah. you get something decent. Even though it's just a day, so much happens in one day. It could be twenty minutes of progress. Well, I guess actually, yeah. one day is about fifteen minutes. <clears throat> I think that's roughly what it breaks down to. So, it's just well, it's interesting that you nervous. say that because I too have been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, and I thought I noticed uh, it was during the night and mm-hmm. it was raining. And I could have swore I was also experiencing dropped frame rates. And that is the first oh. time I've felt that. Okay. And so then you saying, that, I, I didn't know if it was just me or or what, but the fact that you have said you're experiencing weird issues, it must have been with something with the most recent update or I don't know, maybe 1.5 because I haven't played it a lot. So yeah, I, don't I don't really know. know. It's not anything that breaks the game in any way, shape or form for me uh, because it was just sort of during that one time when it was raining which if you've played the game there's a lot of a lot going on on the screen so my yeah. guess is that's what was causing the frame rate drop but uh that's kind yeah. of what it is it's like like a frame rate thing issue but it's it's it happens every once in a great while it's not super consistent or anything like that and like you said it's not game breaking like i'm still yeah. enjoying the game i'm gonna keep playing oh yeah it. yeah, yeah but it's just one of those things where it makes me a little nervous that something bad is gonna happen <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah. other than that, the game has always run perfectly fine, perfectly normal and great and awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, bummer. Yeah, well. But I, I'd be interested. And that goes back to us talking about the hardware. You know, the Switch, at some point, they need to beef it up just a little bit so yeah. things can run yeah. more fluid. Mm. But we'll see what happens. Now, if you want to write us and let us know how you are doing with some of the games you're playing, maybe tell us games that we should be picking up. Are you buying things on the 3DS shop now that? it's going away is there something that maybe we missed let us know what your thoughts are on it yeah do you care are you upset or are you like us where you don't necessarily collect things but you want to at least have access to them are you a collector and you're freaking out right now and scrambling to buy stuff feel free to write us let us know your thoughts on it you can go over to nintendodispatch.com hit the contact button if you would like to watch us go to twitch.tv forward slash nintendo dispatch i actually am hoping if i can get the edit done early enough today to stream a little bit this afternoon i really want to play uh that card game that i've been talking about so if you're listening to this podcast yes if you're listening to this podcast fingers crossed you'll be able to go to our twitch account and watch me stream a little bit there if you would like to chat with us go to twitter at dispatch podcast or go to our discord and our information for that is on the website so thank you so much for listening to us yet again and this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.